You're listening to the Fellowship Baptist Church Sermon Podcast. Fellowship Baptist Church is located in Clark Lake, Michigan. Today's message is part of our Adult Sunday School series. Adult Sunday School is taught by a variety of different men in our church. Now let's prepare our hearts as our Sunday School teacher brings forth God's truths from His Word today. Morning. Can you hear me? Is that funny? <laughs> okay, let's um, let me get this. Okay. Continue our discussion of rebellion. We'll do a little bit of a review. So let's turn back to Samuel, First Samuel. 1523, we'll go back through the verse we were started with a couple weeks ago. Uh, before we start, let's pray. Heavenly Father, we humbly come before you, ask for your blessing upon our time. In your word is, uh, Lord, we just open the book, open the bread of life, Lord, and see what you would have for us this morning as uh, we continue our discussion of rebellion. In Jesus' name, amen. Um, I thought maybe just kind of deviating from what we had last time, talk a little bit about missions, but uh, I was in uh, Knoxville all last week, so um, I didn't get a chance to attend all the conferences, but I talked to my wife, and as Pastor mentioned, she felt that this, was, this missions conference this past week was just outstanding and the best she's ever experienced. So uh, sorry I missed it, but on Sunday when I, when I attended with an awesome speaker, we had to, to lead that conference. And I could see why Ben just enjoys his fellowship as he travels around with him. So um, <clears throat> rebellion. Um, 1 Samuel 15, starting at verse 23. For rebellion is as the sin of witchcraft, and stubbornness is as iniquity and idolatry, because thou hast rejected the word of the Lord, he hath also rejected thee from being king. Of course, this is Samuel having a discussion with Saul after Saul's continued failures. Even though in the beginning when Saul became king, he had this relationship with God, but as he continued down the path of uh, his leadership, he decided that what he thought was more important than what God thought. <clears throat> um, just to mention a couple things this past week, talk about rebellion. Um, we have someone on the far right that sent all these little bombs that were not really bombs to various Democratic <laughs> leaders. Um, they found him. Uh, not too sure exactly what his motives were, but uh, certainly uh, he didn't care for what was going on on the Democratic side. And then we have a, a man that uh, yesterday went into a synagogue and shot people, I think 11 dead and maybe three or four officers hurt, um, on the left side of things. Um, certainly we, we talked about uh, rebellion being uh, what I call a pity party going live, 
where people have just internalized things for such a long period of time or maybe even a short period of time and all of a sudden they act out on um, these things that are troubling them. Um, as I mentioned, we've all dealt with rebellion in our lives, um, either with others or ourselves. We, we at times certainly were not immune from being rebellious and we have to protect against that. And rebellion definitely can have long-lasting negative effects, not only on the church, but family, and as we're seeing playing out in government. Um, so we have to be aware of the things that are going on. Um, uh, and as we go through this discussion, we're gonna talk about what the Bible says about rebellion. I mentioned that rebellion, rebel, rebellious are all Old Testament terms. You can't find these words in the New Testament, but they allude to them in other forms, but uh, these words are Old Testament. It's Old Testament terminology. And rebellion has its root in bitterness. Um, and uh, so as these bitter feelings kind of fester inside individuals, um, then it just... Uh, uh, it uh, lightens itself or transposes itself out into uh, uh, complete rebellion against uh, authority. Um, as we looked at this verse uh, last time, uh, we kind of broke it down, but I'm going to just summarize it to move on. Um, this uh, verse is, as um, Samuel is talking to Saul, um, it relates to the fact that Saul has opened himself up to satanic influences. Um, this offering that Saul alludes to is something where he's turned his heart to Satan and offered up his own um, selfish um, aspects of his life and allowed Satan to then control him uh, through his rebellion. And finally, God had enough of it uh, sooner or later, after that, he took the kingdom or the kingship away from uh, Saul and handed it to David. Um, as you study rebellion in the Old Testament, uh, it can be broken down, at least from my study, into three different mechanisms. And we're going to talk about those, the mechanisms and the characteristics of these mechanisms. And the three are uh, revolution or revolt, uh, disobedience, and stubbornness. For an example, didn't quite talk about this last time, and uh, maybe next time we'll go into certain examples in the Old Testament of these various mechanisms of rebellion. But from a revolt or revolutionary perspective, you can look at the life of... Um, Absalom, and how he rebelled against his father's authority. Um, disobedience, Samson. You know, Lord laid out a certain uh, aspects to his life by which he should live by, and his parents continuously tried to guide him, but he rejected those. And in both cases, for both Absalom 
and Samson, it didn't work out very well for them in the end, although uh, in the case of Samson, he did repent, and the Lord allowed him some uh, um, revenge against uh, those that uh, poked his eyes out. And then uh, from a stubbornness standpoint, we're going to take a look at the life of the prodigal son. Certainly the, the prodigal son, um, he kind of took a look and saw what was going on in the world. You know, some of our kids today, they look at magazines, go to the internet. Man, the world looks pretty good, doesn't it? And so uh, asked his father for his inheritance, and he took off and lived it up and found out the world wasn't everything it was cracked up to be. But certainly he wasn't disobedient or, or rebellious or in a revolt as a revolutionary type attitude, but he was kind of stubborn in the fact that he really wanted to go and experience the world. And uh, certainly in each one of these cases, there were authority figures put in their place to try to help them through um, their rebellion. And um, I think we'll take, as we look at, say, Absalom, David didn't exactly react in a way that uh, uh, helped try to resolve some of the issues in Absalom's life that maybe he would have taken a different path. Samson was uh, a different uh, character. God had given him some strength and some intellect that he took advantage of and, and kind of pushed his parents and, and got out of his life till, till the very end. And then in the prodigal son, again, I don't think he was, I, I think he was an obedient son. I think that uh, he um, didn't revolt against his father's story. He just wanted to go out and experience the world. And again, it didn't, didn't work out for him. So we're going to, later on, we'll, we'll go in and delve in. I was going to talk a little bit about Absalom today as we finished up kind of our, uh, the mechanism of revolt or revolution. But uh, as I started to look into it, there's, there's so much that went on into his life. And as you try to relate it to maybe some scriptures and things, as you, you work through it, it is a long discussion that uh, you just couldn't cover in, in 15, 20 minutes. So we'll get into that maybe next time when we talk about it. So we started to talk about the, the mechanism and the characteristics of revolution. We went into Numbers 14, and it talks about uh, rebelling against the Lord, uh, the people feared this, this uh, uh, portion of scripture talks about how um, Moses had sent uh, some people into kind of scope out the land, the spies, and they came back and, and only uh, uh, Caleb and Joshua said, hey, the Lord's going to uh, gain victory over this. But, but the others kind of incited the people to, re, to revolt by by the fear of these giants. And they even got violent in their uh, rebellion. Another characteristic of a revolutionary kind of mechanism in, um, in uh, revolting and rebel in rebellion. Um, so if you turn to Second Chronicles chapter 36, I think we kind of um, went over this last time, but we'll kind of start here. Chronicles 36, verse 
So we're still talking about rebellion as a mechanism, or revolt, or or revolution as a mechanism of rebellion. And in 2 Chronicles chapter 36, starting at verse 11, it says, Zedekiah was one and 20 years old when he began to reign and reigned 11 years in Jerusalem. And he did that which was evil in the sight of the Lord his God and humbled not himself before Jeremiah the prophet speaking from the mouth of the Lord. And he also rebelled against King Nebuchadnezzar who had made him swear by God, but he stiffened his neck and hardened his heart from turning unto the Lord God of Israel. Moreover, all the chief of the priests and the people transgressed every much, very much after all the abominations of the heathen and polluted the house of the Lord, which he had hallowed in Jerusalem. And the Lord God of their fathers sent to them by his messengers, rising up betimes and sending, because he had compassion on his people and his dwelling place. But they mocked the messengers of God and despised his words and misused his prophets until the wrath of the Lord arose against the people till there was no remedy. So you can see that uh, in this revolting aspect of the, of the people's behavior, um, you can see pride is uh, one of the characteristics of this uh, mechanism of revolution. It says they humbled not themselves, and neither did Zedekiah. He pushed against what the Lord had laid out for him. They even told him, hey, Nebuchadnezzar is my messenger. You know, listen to what he has to say, and he rebelled against that. Um, they wanted to protect their worldly lust. Um, it says, they transgressed very much after all the abominations of the heathen, and polluted the house of the Lord, which he had hallowed in Jerusalem. So many times we have rebellious individuals that want to revolt against authority and they bring that into the church and they try to, to push their, their ideas on others and it pollutes the house of the Lord. One of the things we talked about was, you know, cell phones and the communication and the texting and how you can really bring bring a revolution to place very quickly uh, if you have if you're fighting against authority and uh, bringing that into the house of the lord is an abomination it's an abomination to god and it's really just protecting these worldly lust that these individuals have and then even when um when the prophets and those in spiritual authority within Jerusalem, within the church, within Israel, says they mocked the messengers of God and despised his words and misused his prophets. So even when they came and sat down with them and tried to use scripture to explain how their rebellion and this revolution that they're trying to create is against God, they resisted that conviction. So another characteristic of a revolutionary mechanism of rebellion is the resisting a conviction. Their hearts are hardened. Uh, we did talk about stiff neck and how um, 
farmers would have these cattle that they would till up the ground with, and if they didn't turn the way they wanted to, they had these big long uh, poles with a gourd and a and a um, spike at the end of it, and they would hit the the um, cows to get them to, or the steers to get them to turn one way or the other, and in a in a form of rebellion, they would just they would just stick their necks out and try to stop and resist the the direction of the farmer trying to push them in one way, and that's where they get the terminology stiff-necked, and that can be us when we're under conviction and um, we just stiffen up our necks and we're going to move on and we're going to do what we want to do because we think that's right. Never giving over to what God has directed us to do, but what we want to do. Let's turn to Daniel chapter 9. Verse 5. And if you want, put your finger in Jeremiah chapter 5, verse 22. I'll give you a few... 30 seconds to do that. So again, we're talking about rebellion and the mechanism of rebellion called revolution or revolting. In Jan Daniel chapter 9, verse 5, it says, and this is this prayer that Daniel um, is down by the river and, he, and, he, and he, got, he just thinks about the things that have gone on in the past in uh, his people's hearts and in their minds and in their thoughts and what's happened. And he says to the Lord, he says, We have sinned and have committed iniquity and have done wickedly and have rebelled. Even by departing from thy precepts and from thy judgments, neither have we hearkened unto thy servants, the prophets, which spake in thy name to our kings, our princes, our fathers, and all the people of the land. Then over Jeremiah chapter 5, verse 22, it says, Fear ye not me, saith the Lord? Will ye not tremble at my presence, which have placed the sand for the bound of the sea by a perpetual decree, that it cannot pass it? And though the waves thereof toss themselves, yet can they not prevail. Though they roar, yet can they not pass over it? But this people have a revolting and rebellious heart. They are revolted and gone. Neither say they in their heart, Let us now fear the Lord our God, that giveth rain both the former and the latter in this season. He reserveth unto us the appointed weeks of harvest. So, as we look at these two verses, uh, two things kind of jump out at me from a revolutionary aspect of rebellion is that, first of all, um, those that have chosen this path lack fear of the Lord and respect of God's chosen people again, just like we talked about in Second Chronicles. The rejection of God's law. They've totally rejected God's law, and their law, has, and their law is their, their heart, which... The Bible tells us is deceitfully wicked without uh, the guidance of the Holy Spirit. 
They've uh, rejected the guiding of the Holy Spirit and just taken on things themselves with no fear of the Lord, no fear of punishment, no fear of chastisement from God. They're just going to continue on in this rebellion. The other thing is um, something you know, obvious to us in rebellion is that they resist authority. Um, there is no, no respect for authority. As Saul became his own authority, these rebellious, uh, re revolutionary type in individuals have no respect for authority. You know, um, when they talk about um, liberalism um, and uh, how, how liberating it can be, you can do your own thing. It doesn't matter, okay? God's laws are absolute, and it does matter how we live our lives. And uh, so, you know, and I can't, I can't help but, you know, back to our what's going on politically right now. But the Democrats, they have no plan. They have no, um, it's just Trump, Trump, Trump. They want to fight the authority that's been put in place by the American people. They just, uh, they didn't win, so they're going to fight this authority that's put in place instead of working with him. And it's, it's the same thing going on, going on here in Jerusalem during this, this time of uh, when Jeremiah was there. These people just didn't want to abide by God's law or the authorities that have been put in place by the Lord. So I just kind of covered and, and touched on some of the various verses where rebellion um, discusses the mechanism of revolution. So now let's talk about disobedience and what, how uh, God um, in his word has laid out some, some aspects uh, or characteristics of the mechanism of disobedience. So turn to Numbers chapter 27. Verse 12. So we talked about revolution. Now we're going to talk about disobedience. And the Lord said unto Moses, Get thee up into this mount of Barum, and see the land which I have given unto the children of Israel. And when thou hast seen it, Thou also shalt be gathered unto thy people, as Aaron thy brother was gathered. And this is God talking to Moses. He was an authority. And it says, For ye rebelled against my commandment. So we have some in authority rebelling against authority. Commandment in the desert of Zin and the strife of the congregation to sanctify me at the water before their eyes. That is the water of Meribah in Kadesh, in the wilderness of Zin. Remember that God told Moses to basically touch the rock, but Moses was so mad with the people, he just whacked at that, that rock. And that was um, in his anger against the people. So one of the aspects of disobedience in the form of rebellion is anger. When you want to just dig your heels in and disobey, it is a form of rebellion in which you 
allow your anger against those in authority over you because they're not doing what you think needs to be done. And um, so we have to recognize, and as we're going through these things, we have to recognize these in not only maybe our children, but our friends and even ourselves so that we can recognize these things and deal with them when they happen. To allow these things to fester um, in someone's life or in your own life, it just feeds on itself. It's like uh, a nuclear reaction. You just have to be able to deal with it now and then. You know, the, uh, the government that we have today is because, and we've talked about this many times, is that the church itself has allowed these things to go on and go on and go on without dealing with them. So now we have this explosive situation that's now very difficult to deal with. You know, in, in, in my own experiences with rebellion, um, you know, I, I tried to deal with those things when, when things were brought to my attention. I didn't allow them to fester. I didn't at times deal with them in a way I should. I probably dealt with them in anger. And um, when you do that, you're just feeding that sense of rebellion because what you're using is exactly what they're using against you. And it just doesn't help the situation. So anger is one aspect of the character or the mechanism of disobedience when it comes to rebellion. Let's turn to Deuteronomy chapter 1, verse 25. Again, this goes back against... Uh, when they sent the spies into the land. It says, And they took of the fruit of the land in their hands and brought it down unto us and brought us word again and said, It is a good land which the Lord God doth give us. Notwithstanding, ye would not go up, but rebelled against the commandment of the Lord your God. And ye murmured in your tents and said, Because the Lord hated us, he hath brought us forth out of the land of Egypt to deliver us into the hand of the Amorites, to destroy us, whether we go up, whether shall we go up. Our brethren have discouraged our heart, saying the people is greater and taller than we, the cities are great and walled up to heaven, and moreover, we have seen the sons of the Anakins there, these giants. One of the things about disobedience as a mechanism of rebellion is that typically people get lazy and comfortable in where they're at. And when there is some type of disruption to that, they start to rebel against it. And um, these people, the Israelites, as they're traveling through the wilderness, they got comfortable with God just taking care of them. And now it was time for them to take action. And they always talk about what they had in Egypt and that kind of thing. But they became lazy and comfortable in where they were at. 
And now it's time to take action. Now they had to go in and they had to do something. They had to fight in the name of the Lord. The Lord was going to fight the battle for them, but they had to be active and work with God and listen to him and do something and they didn't want to do it. So they rebelled against that. The other thing when it comes to a mechanism of disobedience or rebellion is that individual or individuals start to believe lies, the lies of Satan. You know, they, they started to believe the fact that they couldn't overcome these giants, okay? They couldn't, couldn't overcome these difficulties that were ahead of them. And Satan got a hold of them. They believed this, these lies. They didn't want to take action. They want, wanted to fight against Moses. They wanted to get rid of uh, Joshua and Caleb. And they believed the lie that they couldn't gain victory through the Lord. And the other thing about disobedience is uh, it kind of starts to create this um, activity of creating discord. Um, and so these people started to create discord against Moses and his authority. Now, we're, we'll get into it a little bit here, but there's a stern warning in Scripture that God gives to all of us, to those that want to teach and engage in discord. It is a warning that God has, and he won't put up with it. So these people that created this discord over Moses' authority, what happened to them? They died in the wilderness. They never got the opportunity to see the promised land. So there's a stern warning in Scripture, and again, we'll get to it, about sowing discord and creating rebellion through disobedience. Okay, we don't have a lot more time yet, but... To, in Deuteronomy 21, you don't have to turn there, I'll just read it. In verse 18, it talks about um, a rebellious son. You can put a rebellious daughter. You can throw whatever you want in there. If a man have a stubborn and rebellious son, which not, will not obey the voice of his father or the voice of his mother, and that, when they have chastened him, will not hearken unto him, then shall his father and his mother lay hold on him and bring him out unto the elders of the city until the gate of his place. And they shall say unto the elders of this city, Our son is stubborn and rebellious, and he will not obey our voice. He is a glutton and a drunkard. Another aspect of disobedience is grabbing a hold of this lust for gluttony and drunkenness. Those that get involved with alcohol, okay? That's the best mechanism by which Satan can get a foothold in their life. And that desire to continue down that path and support that type of lifestyle um, creates a 
a feeling of, I'm going to say, disobedience and rebellious attitude. Because the only way to support that is to fight against the um, authorities in your life to tell you that's wrong. It also fits in with laziness and being comfortable in, in where you're at and just sitting around, just enjoying life, you know, eat, drink, and be happy kind of um, uh, mindset. Then again, rejecting authority uh, is, is disobedience, especially in this case within the family. Satan wants to destroy the family. And a rebellious attitude through disobedience is one of his really strong methods. And um, in Nehemiah chapter 9, verse 26, we've got about five minutes. It says, Nevertheless, they were disobedient and rebelled against thee and cast thy law behind their backs. Prophets which testify against them to turn them to thee, and they wrought great, and this word provocations. Um, this word provocations means contempt. In this case, there is a portion of scripture in Hebrews chapter 3, which I was hoping to close, but I won't be able to. Um, that word provocation means rebellion. Rebellion. In other words, you're provoking God through your own selfishness and wanting to live your life the way you want to. But uh, we'll maybe get that Disobedience also starts to creep into the fact that you want to get people out of the way that won't allow you to disobey. So you want to Number one, you want to kill them. You want to get them out of the way. Murder. The other thing is in disobedience, because there are certain mechanisms in place to try to keep you from that, calling the law, you want to live a life of lawlessness. So in this mechanism of disobedience and revolution, this lawlessness starts to creep into the attitude of individuals or those that want to rebel against the law. And then lastly, and we won't get into stubbornness, but uh, lastly it says in Ezekiel chapter 8, starting at verse 7, Then said I unto them, Cast ye away every man the abominations of his eyes, and defile not yourselves with the idols of Egypt. I am the Lord your God, but they rebelled against me and would not hearken unto me. They did not every man cast away the abominations of their eyes. Neither did they forsake the idols of Egypt. Then I said, I will pour out my fury upon them to accomplish my anger against them in the midst of the land of Egypt. Lastly, as we kind of get away from this disobedience as a mechanism of rebellion, what feeds that is immoral behavior. Immoral behavior. Certainly the worship of idols, whether it be in Egypt or in uh, the Middle East, uh, revolved around entertainment and also uh, prostitution and immoral behavior. So 
as <clears throat> these things, this immoral behavior just feeds on this um, attitude of disobedience and rebellion against authority. So um, our time's up, and let's pray. Heavenly Father, we just thank you for this time in your word as we talk about rebellion and the various uh, aspects of rebellion and the mechanisms by which um, individuals, individual, even ourselves, Lord, at times, kind of feed and allow in our lives, allow Satan to grab a hold of us, where we rebel against you and those that you put in authority over us, against spiritual aspects of our lives, against the Holy Ghost. But Lord, help us to recognize these things, to get help when these things crop up, to allow others, Lord, to um, see them in us and, and listen and uh, just uh, not allow these things to fester, but to get of our life so we can be successful. We can honor and glorify you in all that we do. Lord, we just love you and thank you for your love for us. In Jesus' name, amen. You have been listening to the Fellowship Baptist Church Sermon Podcast. We hope this message was a blessing and encouragement to you. If you would like more messages, visit our website at fbcclarklake.org, where all of our messages can be downloaded for free. Also, you can subscribe to the Fellowship Baptist Church Sermon Podcast on iTunes, Google Play, or SoundCloud. All of our messages are available for free. If you want to keep up to date on what's going on at Fellowship, follow us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram, where you can see what's happening happening at Fellowship Baptist Church. If you'd like to visit us, Fellowship Baptist Church is located at 3200 Reed Road, Clark Lake, Michigan. Thank you so much for listening, and we hope to see you back here again next time.